holiday season. I am working remote from Milwaukee for the first time in four months, uh, recording the podcast back at the parents' crib. Once again, feeling like a low life. I love it. I flew in today at 5 a.m., had a two-hour layover in Las Vegas, and I didn't play the slots at the airport. They say those are the worst ones, so I don't want to waste my money. And then I slept for two hours, and I clocked in for work uh, remotely. So it has been a lovely day for me. Hope it has been for you guys. Hope you get some time off this weekend. Even if you don't celebrate, I hope you get the day off. You get to fucking rest or do whatever the, whatever you want to do. You know, We're going to talk about a little bit of Christmas in terms of wishes for some of the teams that need them in the NBA. And unfortunately, talk about some injury news. But in the wake of COVID, big three players are essentially getting put back in the league. But we're going to get to that in a second. Welcome back to No Bucks Given, a weekly NBA podcast. Talking about anything and everything, whatever we want to, at least if there's not a massive storyline going on, then we have to chase the click. You know what I'm saying? Joining me as always is Nick Andre at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter, the hardest working man on Twitter, and kind of upset about Eminem getting rattled today on Twitter. A little bit about that. Dre, how are you doing, man? I don't really know besides the Eminem line, but let me just say that <laughs> we are in a wild time right now for NBA basketball. And, you know, we're just trying to push through. So all we can do is just really. Hope for the best, I guess I could say. It is scary hours for the NBA. Scariest since Rudy Gobert grabbed as many mics as he could and became the first NBA player to get touched with COVID. It wasn't his fault, but like a, like a day later, the NBA stopped. And then the bubble happened a few months later. Everyone's in protocols. Every single team. It's disastrous. It's almost embarrassing, too. I hate it. Star players, Giannis, uh, Zach Levine, tons of these guys are testing positive. We have no idea what's going to happen to them if they come back fine. Uh, outbreaks, teams playing teams that just had an outbreak and being surprised that they test positive the next day. And the solution isn't to pause the season, even though that's probably the best move right now. It's what hockey is doing, I believe. They're just letting them pick up anybody. 10-day contracts for a hardship exception for as many players as you have that are tested positive or out with COVID protocols. 10 days because that's how many days it takes for, to get the two negative tests back after uh, getting positive. So they want them right back fucking out there after the test positive. I really hope that doesn't come to become a nightmare for the NBA further into the season. And some of these guys are familiar. What are these familiar guys, Dre? Tell me about it. Um, as far as some of the guys that are in protocols, I know for Brooklyn, you got obviously Kevin Durant, Jace Harden, Kyrie, who was reporting to come back, returned <laughs> to the team, and then less than 24 hours ends up in health and safety protocols. So I know a lot of people are not happy with that. Um, Trey Young is currently in protocol as well for Atlanta, so 
playing this Christmas game against the Knicks this weekend is up in the air. Right. Um, obviously, the Bulls, the Bulls probably got hit the worst with it because I think they missed probably around like nine or ten guys, and they had to postpone a few games. But yeah. basically, the, um, the moral of the story is that the NBA is really getting hit with COVID, probably the worst out of probably every other professional sport across the um, across the country. Um, Adam Silver was on NBA Today yesterday with Malika Andrews, and he basically stated that the NBA is not does not have a plan to pause. They're gonna continue, right. um, they're gonna continue the season with this um, with this uh, situation and just and just try to make the most of it. They can't afford it. I understand that from a business aspect. It's just really weird to me that in five years, oh, fucking hopefully we can look back at this pandemic in five years and not still be in it. But who knows? I hope we don't look back and be like, wow, we really let genuinely like 60% of the NBA, all those players just get COVID. Like all of them just get COVID, you know? And I really hope it doesn't have long-term concerns for careers because we don't know what happens. And I'm really scared that we're just, just because they don't have symptoms now, doesn't mean that it's okay for everyone to fucking get COVID. And it's happening in the NFL too. So really worried about it. Lighter side of news, some familiar faces are back in town after spending, for some years, in retirement or trying to get back in the NBA. Isaiah Thomas, namely, was signed to the very young Lakers team out there in Los Angeles. Um, and listen, to be fair, he Duke can still score. You know, he's not the MVP scorer he was a few years ago, and it really was a few years ago. It wasn't that long ago, guys. For Boston, he can score. He can get a basket if you need him to. But he was getting hunted, hunted every possession defensively. And that's been the story for the lighter half of his career. And a lot of its injury, uh, you know, his his career declined early because of the injury. I don't don't say – I'm not disrespecting. I'm just saying at this point, that's what's going to happen every time he's on the floor. Joe Johnson, though, you know how old Joe Johnson is, Dre? I want to say he is 40 or 41. He hasn't played since 2018. He's 40 fucking years old. ISO Joe is back in town. He signed to Boston 10 hours ago and was expected to play tonight. I'm going to pull up his stats right now. You're, gonna, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. The Celtics won by uh, 10 against Cleveland, which is a pretty good win, by the way. And Joe Johnson played a minute and 57 seconds. He scored two points. And he was a minus five. That doesn't really matter in those minutes, but he's out there, man. I, I might have to pull up the uh, the highlights because I'm sure they posted the one bucket he made. How do you feel about that? Are you happy to see them? Do you think it's high time that you know they're not in the league anymore? I'm honestly happy though because in um, I've, I've mentioned this um, a few times in the past is that the NBA has gone into more of a younger league, like. You know, right. like during the 90s, early 2000s, like, you know, obviously the young guys are always going to take control. But then again, like, you know, when you look at rosters, like there were like more veterans, like around like the mid 30s, late 30s. Like, yeah, even I mean, there is still a little bit of now, like even with Miami, like, you know, Miami still has a Udonis Haslam who's up there in age, if not 40, he's almost 40. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, a few other teams as well. But you can see now that. You know, a lot a lot of teams are just going younger, which I mean is very understandable. So for 
for a guy like Joe Johnson, who still shows that he could play, you know, if you watch him in the big three league, if you watch him in the basketball oh, tournament yeah. over the summer, he can still play and he can still play at an elite level. Is it, a, is it an all-star level? Is it like a, is it like a number one option? Of course not. But if you let Joe Johnson come off the bench, which he, which he did pretty well during his time at Utah, then he was great in Utah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was phenomenal. Like if you put him in that type of role, he can like, he can be a great contributor for a team. So I don't know how far this is going to go with Boston. I don't know if it's you know, until, until they get the players back. But if they do decide to continue the season with Joe Johnson, I, I think I think it'll be an important piece for this team. The last playoff series that Gordon Hayward played with the Jazz, they got a gentleman sweeped by the Lob City Clippers, where they won the first game. Or I think it's a douchebag sweep. Where they won the first game and lost four straight after that. And they were fine, but Gordon ran off to the Celtics after that season. The only game that they won, Joe Johnson hit the buzzer beater to win the game. So he was still doing shit off the bench for a playoff team like three or four years ago. That's longer than that at this point. But, you know, they talk about a lot of Joe Johnson's accolades. I always want to throw that one in there because that's a particular favorite of mine. My question is, not that I necessarily think he should be in the league, but how do you sign Joe Johnson before Jamal Crawford? <coughs> I, I honestly agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, the last Somebody's time we got to sign him at this point. Yeah, the last time we saw Jamal Crawford, he scored 51 points in a, um, yeah. in a Phoenix uniform. So it's kind of crazy to me. But, I mean, it's kind of like I said, I mean, the league wants to go more of young, so – even yeah. with a lot of these guys who are 38, 39 years old, who can still play at a high level, you know, the NBA is looking at that like, oh, oh, like, you know, so you're up there in age, you're not going to be able to play um, the, the consistent minutes that we, that we may want you to, that we may want you to play. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, to me, you know, like, like outside of Johnson and Crawford, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of older guys that can still contribute to a basketball team. So who knows, maybe, Maybe with this uh, COVID variant, um, hopefully it doesn't get too um, get too extreme than what it is now. But if it does, maybe um, a lot more guys will get um, an opportunity. You know who else is fucking back in the league? Lance Stevenson got signed by the yes, Hawks. Sir. They lost by eight tonight to the Magic, a pretty fun Magic team. Uh, he actually played twenty-two minutes. He had eight. He had one point, eight rebounds, five assists. He was 0 for 4 from the field, uh, 1 for 2 from the free throw line, and a plus 12 in a game that they lost by 8. That's pretty fucking solid. That is very solid. Let me just say this, though, because I don't know. It's like I kind of put Lance and Draymond in the same category. I mean, like obviously, I mean, they're not the same player, but I feel like – Saddle, like, saddle. What, yeah, like I, f- I feel like what they do, like as far as the like, antics and stuff, I feel like it shadows like what they can really bring to a team. If you remember, Lance, I mean, obviously Lance Stevenson is not the same Lance Stevenson during the Indiana right. days. Lance, Lance Stevenson is one of the smart, has one of the brightest IQs in the game, a great passer, pretty, I wouldn't say a great score, but a decent score at times. Obviously a pretty solid rebounder. He deserves to be in the NBA, in my opinion. So hopefully, kind of like what I said about Joe Johnson, hopefully he can land um, – um, a permanent spot on a, uh, on an NBA team this season. Yeah, I, I'm not, I've been like the biggest Lance Stevenson fan in, in, you know, throughout his career. And he had a couple of years there where he could play some ISO ball. It was kind of weird, but he had a couple of years there where it was ineffective in the grand scheme of things, but he could ISO ball and get a bucket when you needed him to. 
at this point of his career, he can't. I don't think the offense is there. Oh, for four tonight, one point from the field. But you're right. He can't contribute the rebounding and passing. He has he's legitimately a good passer, and that doesn't necessarily go away as you age uh, as in a basketball player. So on a team that's got some of the most shooters, you know, some of the – I don't know why I said some of the most shooters. Just a lot of shooters. Trey, Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Collins throws it up. DeAndre Hunter throws it up. Clint Capella will throw one up every once in a while. It looks like shit, but he'll throw it up, you know? Danilo Gallinari pisses threes. They got a ton of shooters, man. And last year, those shooters made Solomon Hill look almost useful. Even in a playoff series against the Bucs, he was playing kind of decently, at least as a guy you could throw at Giannis. Uh, he unfortunately tore his ACL, though, I think, in the playoffs, which really fucking sucked. <laughs> and I think he's still out with that. And I think Lance Stevenson actually brings more to the table than, than Solomon Hill. I don't think he's necessarily the schematic defender that Hill is. He's a pretty good team defender. That's the only reason he's still in the NBA, Solomon. But Stevenson isn't terrible on that end of the ball. And the passing could be used in a system that's really fling the ball around. And then the rebounding as a smaller guy, they don't have a ton of signs. Collins is a big dude, but he's not rebounding like crazy. He has some nights where he goes, but the averages aren't there. Clint is a monster, but that's the only size they have. They got out muscled a lot. Stevenson can help with that. Actually, that's kind of, I think that's a, one of the pickups that's going to stick uh, out of the, all these COVID pickups. Let's move on though to, Another unfortunate injury update in a long series of unfortunate injury updates for an unfortunate season. Derek Rose, probably the only consistently effective offensive player for the New York Knicks, and I'm being nice. Like, Nick fans, do not come for me. All right? I'm seeing what you tweet every night. You guys are frustrated. I get it. And some guys can go off, but Rose is usually great for you guys. He's got ankle surgery, which really fucking sucks. Players struggle with injury throughout his career, famously so. Eight weeks is the initial diagnosis. However, the Knicks are, quote, confident or optimistic, not confident, that he could return in six weeks. Still, that's six weeks, and the Knicks are in a rut as it is. They're losing games. They started playing Kemba again, who, by the way, surprise, surprise, after a little bit of rest on his knees, is an effective player. And is, I'm fucking putting up like 29 and five games. Feel great for Kemba. Even if it's not for a long-term thing in the Knicks, maybe someone will trade for him now, like the Sixers I, or even the Clippers. I would love that. Okay, well, actually, you know what? We'll talk about Kemba for a second. I just feel happy for the guy. I'm definitely happy too. And that 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 game against Boston on Saturday night was a statement game because yeah, you know, for for Tom Thibodeau to be benching this guy is just kind of ridiculous. I mean, I get it. Like you know, Kemba's had an abundance of injuries. You know, obviously he's not the same guy that – or he's not the same Kemba Walker from UConn. He's not the same Kemba Walker that he was in his early days in Charlotte. But Kemba Walker can still put the ball in the basket, which I, I don't understand. I mean, his defense is definitely shit. I'm not – definitely not going <laughs> to lie. But besides that, Kemba Walker – Kemba Walker can really be – like, I'm not going to say your number one option, but you, you could definitely put the ball in his hands to where – he can create a bucket, which I mean, which is what this next team really needs the most, especially with guys like Randall who is struggling. Um, RJ Barrett hasn't really been as consistent this year either. So, you know, the, the Knicks need a lot right now. And hopefully Kimma can just continue to get, to get more minutes as the season continues. Yeah, I think it made sense at the time, 100%. 
they had rested him on the second half of back-to-back. They put Alec Burks in the starting lineup, and a starting lineup that had struggled all season finally played great on all facets. And the hope was if they removed from Kemba from the lineup, it would jumpstart the Knicks who had been struggling after a fast start. And that just hasn't happened, you know? They lost some games. They won some games. It looked like they might go on a streak, and they won and lost and won and lost. And they're like a few games under 500 right now. They're desperation. Like, there's not many teams that are going to be desperation buyers at the trade deadline. And if there's one that's even close to it, it's the Knicks, you know? So at that point, you have to reassess. And you have to reinsert the guy that you took out because you thought it was going to work. It didn't work out. So you have to try it again. And it is working. But how long is it going to work? How long can Kemba's knees hold up, you know? Is he going to need to take a two-week break every few weeks just to get back into that shape? In which case, I wouldn't mind playing him, like, once every four games like the fucking Nets are planning to do with Kyrie and then just saving him for the playoffs. A team like Philly could do that pretty easily, I think. Um, They're struggling. And the Derrick Rose injury is a killer blow because Rose is one of the only guys that has pick and roll chemistry with Mitchell Nerlens, Nerlens who is out right now with an injury himself. I think he's in COVID protocols. Yep. And Julius Randle, Julius Randle, who's struggling so much this season. I really hope it wasn't a one hit wonder for Randle. I don't think it was because he had that great year in New Orleans as well. I just think it's the spacing in New York. And RJ Barrett is struggling. He hits his stride for a couple of games and then just teeters out. I have high hopes and expectations for RJ Barrett. I mean, Tatum even had that year that he was dog shit his sophomore year. And since then, he's been like a top 18 at worst player since that, that year. Give it some time with him. But you guys got to get the spacing in New York. Uh, how do you think this injury is going to shake Rose? Trey, and what do you think about the Knicks going forward? As far as the Knicks going forward, I, th- I think they need all the bodies that they can have and now losing a guy, like a, a great veteran presence who, like you said, you know, has that connection with so many um, so many of the other guys on the team. I, th- I think it's going to hurt him tremendously. So they're saying eight weeks, but, you know, he may be reevaluated probably sooner than that. So we can just hope the best for D-Rose. Hopefully he can get back soon because this – this Knicks team is just not what I expected them to be. You know, just watching them in that first game against yeah. the Knicks. Oh, sorry, excuse me, against the Celtics, and yeah. they had that big win at um at Madison Square Garden. I was like, you know what? It's another. It's going to be another great year for New York. But then you know the schedule has just been hectic. Um, obviously injuries, different lineup rotations have just you know has just been hurting the team just tremendously. The Knicks, the Knicks just need something. I think they need to find a new identity. Um, People were telling me that Julius Randle is not a true number one option after that series against Atlanta, and I was telling them, no, nah, you're wrong. Julius Randle's that guy. Give him some time. Throughout this year, he has not looked like the best player on the Knicks. I don't even know who is the best player on the Knicks, really, this season. But It might have been Rose. A lot of people probably would have said that. Prob- possibly so. P- probably so. But I just I just hope the best for New York, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the, I mean, this was a team that had a great run last year. Everybody was really happy. They may have never, I mean, we all knew that they weren't a championship team last year, but they were just one of the more exciting teams to just watch in the NBA last year. So I don't know. I mean, you know, we're, we're, about, we're about to end December. You know, we still got about a few more months in the regular season. I think they're sitting at the 10th slot in the East right now. So hopefully they can just make a run to at least get into the playing uh, or, or, to, lead, or to, to at least maintain themselves in the playing tournament. 
<sighs> yeah. And the Knicks have a lot of issues with the injuries, COVID protocols and inconsistencies. And they could use a break. They could use a miracle or in this next segment, incredible transition. I know a wish, a Christmas wish in this case. If you don't celebrate, that's fine. I'm not trying to just like not include you at all. It is just two days from Christmas. I'm celebrating. I got a couple of glasses of wine in me. And I want to talk about some Christmas wishes for NBA players because it is a clickbaity topic and easy things to think about. And you will not judge me for that. Dre, any disagreements with that? Let's get into it, man. <laughs> it's the holidays, man. We got to get into that spirit. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the first team I want to talk about is the most clickbaity of them all, man. The Lakers. I don't watch this team right now. I can't. I can't subject myself to it. I, I really don't want to. But surprisingly, the team with Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis is suffering because of a lack of space on offense and has been too injured to remain consistent on defense. Some guys are coming back and it has been helping, but some pickups like DeAndre Jordan are looking like straight up busts. And speaking of Jalen oh Horn Tucker. Started on him. <laughs> it's not looking awesome for the boys. So Dre, do you have any idea what the Lakers might be wishing for for Christmas? <sighs> Everything. I think I think they need just about every present <laughs> that they can get, honestly. I mean, this this Laker team. I mean, look, I mean, with with a with a team with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that the Lakers will get to the playoffs. But at the end of the day, you know, once they get there, like, you know, what's next for this team? Like, do we really have any belief that this team can make the NBA finals? I sure as hell don't. I don't even know if this team could even get past the second round, to be honest. Actually, you know what? Right. I actually tweeted after the after the Westbrook trade that the Lakers would be second round exits and Laker fans were all over my ass on Twitter because of that. But it's starting to look like how I am predicting it to be. The Lakers just have a lot of chemistry issues. I mean, and, 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 it, and it doesn't help, especially when you have Anthony Davis who's going to be sidelined for the next four weeks. Right. So now, you know, with him, with him being sidelined, LeBron has missed some games, you know, it, it's really hard for a guy like Russell Westbrook who, who is new to his, who is new to this team, being able to adjust and, it really, it really try to find a rhythm with the rest of the guys. And then also, you know, the role players, I mean, I, I guess they're decent, but they're not as great. Taylor Horn Tucker shot, I want to say one for 12 um, in that game against Phoenix, I believe. DeAndre Jordan is just, is just, oh my God, DeAndre Jordan is just washed. Like, just watching that Minnesota game this past Friday night, like, people... People were looking at the uh, at the video of Cat calling um Cat calling eighty too small, but like if you watch that game, like th there were many stretches where DeAndre Jordan was guarding Carl Anthony Towns and he was just getting absolutely cooked. And I'm like, oh my god, this guy doesn't even have a chance. Like Carl Anthony Towns looking like the best big in the game against DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> no disrespect. Um, no, Towns, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like Carl Anthony Towns is definitely one of the top bigs in the game, in my opinion. I, I just think I just think that he doesn't get enough credit because he's in a shit town in Minnesota. But besides that, you know, going up against DeAndre Jordan, like you're, you're bound to get, you're bound to have a great game. And it, it's like, I don't want to disrespect DeAndre Jordan because I really like him, but he's definitely not the guy that he once was. And you could definitely see that. 
I don't know why, but you know, Dwight Howard's just not really getting a lot of minutes. I, I want to. I'm not. I'm not sure if he's injured or if he's just not even getting any rotation minutes. Uh, but overall, the Lakers just need help. They 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 need they need a lot this Christmas. Like they they need to definitely be you know looking for some new identity this Christmas and get and just and just getting a new a New Year's resolution to just uh, turn things around. Yeah. The Lakers are struggling and it is rough out there. They're wishing for two things or one thing, but first, real quick, Carl Anthony Towns is in a short shit organization, but I got good people in Minnesota. It's a good town. It's, good. it's nice in the summer. Oh, yeah. And if you Minnesota, like winter, it's nice. Minnesota's a pretty town. Minnesota's definitely a pretty town. I've never actually been, but I had a friend that went and he sent me pictures and it, it, it looks pretty out there. <laughs> Maybe the basketball team isn't really too pretty right now. Oh well, actually, you know what? You know, I take that back. I'm, I'm being I'm being too disrespectful. The, I want to I want to say the T wolves are 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 um are exactly 500 right now. Carl, um, Anthony Edwards is having a great season. I, I believe he is the best player um for the T wolves this year. So le, let me put a little bit of respect on the Timberwolves. Yeah, they're better this season for sure. My I, we're not going to talk about this, but uh, in a future episode, I'll talk about why I think the Timberwolves should just trade Carl Anthony Towns, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay. I got a good reason. I got a good reason, but we'll do it in a future episode. Let's talk about the East Coast, uh, Brooklyn Nets, East Coast, East Conference, both. They are wishing for a Kyrie Irving-sized package in the mail. They were scheduled to get it before Christmas, but like a lot of things, COVID ruined that. Um, I still don't necessarily agree with the Brooklyn Nets bringing him on as a part-time player. Not necessarily. Like, I do think you should get vaccinated, and I think it's a bit uh, bit faux what Kyrie Irving is doing right now. But beyond that, it's going to be weird with the chemistry, having a part-time player, especially if he's only on the road. How are the fans, the few fans that the Nets have, supposed to develop a relationship with Kyrie when he's never, like, at home? Not that that's the most important part of basketball, but if you're a team that's struggling with fan base, that's something that you have to consider. But that's what they're wishing for is Kyrie uh, coming back healthy and looking like Kyrie again. Maybe he will. He probably will. But I am kind of concerned about what the part-time situation is going to do to the chemistry, but also to Kyrie. I guess him resting is um, better for his, his injury concerns in the past, but at the same time, it's kind of like disjointed playing schedules and you can't like join the shoot arounds for the games that are played somewhere else. I don't believe. So is he just not going to practice? I'm not sure. What do you think about that? What is that what they're wishing for, Jim? Definitely. And, you know, just, just, just go into the Kyrie situation. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that we're touching on this topic because I do also have mixed emotions about it. Like, obviously as a fan, I miss Kyrie on the floor. I feel like, I mean, in my opinion, Kyrie's one of the top, like, you know, gifted players in the game today. So to see him or to possibly see him back on the court again, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think it just, I think it just makes the basketball nerd in me just excited. But I do understand it just, you know, being a part-time player and only playing road games because it can mess up with the chemistry. And I get it, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets are basically making this decision because Kevin Durant has played around like 37 minutes a game over the past over the past week or so. So they definitely want to want to keep him rested considering his injury history. So I definitely understand that. But you know, when you have a seven-game homestand and you know, say for instance, you win five of those seven games, now you have to go on the road and now you have to bring Kyrie in. 
and a few of the guys on the team have, have already built that chemistry, have already built that camaraderie, camaraderie with one another. So now the thing is, you know, how can Kyrie try to buy into the team being part-time? And I think that is like probably the biggest uh, test for not only the Nets, but for him as a leader for this team. I agree. Let's move to West Coast. We'll give a little bit of respect to the number one team in the West right now, the Phoenix Suns, uh, your reigning Western Conference champions. Things are going pretty swimmingly for them right now. Winning a lot of games, even without Devin Booker for a large stretch. And the team is relatively healthy and uh, not going through a COVID crisis like many other teams are right now. So what do you get the man that has everything? Dre, is there anything that you think the Suns are wishing for for Christmas? Um, continued health, I want to say. You know, it's kind of like we said. I mean, the Suns are one of the um, are one of the teams who haven't really gotten hit with the protocols, which is definitely a good sign. And even without even without Devin Booker being out, or or even with Devin Booker being out for these stretch of games, you know, they 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 really kept themselves afloat. But they have a really good supporting cast on all sides. Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden. Um, I think I think Landry Simmons has been pretty good. Obviously, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, who in my opinion should be a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, JaVale McGee has definitely been has, has definitely been a huge presence for the team. So I think I think Phoenix's supporting cast has to be up there, like you know, with the rest of the teams. If you mentioned like you know Golden State or you know a few other teams, so I feel like you know with everybody with everybody continuing to be healthy and just you know, building a chemistry with one another, with one another as, as as the season progresses, I think I, I think I think I think that could definitely help Phoenix's chances of possibly making the finals again. Yeah. I am personally of the mind that their Christmas wish should be an upgrade, but an upgrade without giving up any big pieces. I'm talking give up Jalen Smith and one of the younger guys off the bench, not like a Cam Johnson or anything, but like someone at the end of the bench and a protected pick for next year. You know, lottery protected if you want, top 20 protected if, if the team will take it for an upgrade. Um we haven't seen a team win a series without a consensus top five talent on their roster. I think the last time would be what Detroit, like the, the Chauncey Billup Detroit teams with Ben Wallace. Cause they didn't have a, did they have a consensus top five guy? I don't think so. You can say that, or maybe San Antonio. Cause I mean, was Kawhi considered a top five guy around that time? Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. Sure. I guess the difference there, I would say, is that you have guys that have one like it's like the end of a dynasty, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and Tim Duncan was at one point a top five player. Yeah, and I guess one. I guess how that's at that point, Chris Paul was at one point a top five player in the NBA for like a long time. Uh, and it's not like Devin Booker is far off, but and I'm not saying the, the Suns are not going to win a finals without one of those guys. I'm just saying that you should make an upgrade that's going to fit in there. If you can get that young who would fit, I, in my opinion, perfectly in Phoenix, that is a significant upgrade and a guy that you can play at a small ball center, which is something that you should want to learn more, but you can as much with Jay Crowder. If you want to run out of Sabonis, maybe if you're worried about it ruining your top 10 defense, then maybe not, you know, but he would significantly upgrade your package offensively in terms of playmaking and passing the ball around, which Phoenix loves to do. Let's move on, though. 
We'll talk about Phoenix in a future episode. Let's keep these brief. Go back to East. Is there anyone on the Eastern Conference you want to talk about in terms of what they're wishing for for Christmas tree? Let's look at the Philadelphia 76ers because, you know, obviously coming into this season, the Ben Simmons saga has just continued. But they have uh, – yeah. The thing about the thing about Philly is that they have kept themselves afloat, so I definitely will give them props for that. Joel Embiid has been uh, spectacular. Tobias Harris has been pretty well set. Monster. Tyrese Maxey at, at that starting uh, point guard position has been phenomenal. So, a Christmas wish for them, um, maybe a trade for either John Wall or Kemba Walker. Maybe. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think Kemba Walker would be cool. Um, I think, obviously, the number one wish would just be, like, an answer to the Ben Simmons stuff. I'm sure if they slow play it, maybe eventually they'll get a crazy package that they're looking for for Ben Simmons. They find, like, a desperate enough team. But that's not necessarily what the fans want. That's not what the team wants, wasting years of Joel Embiid's prime. Who knows how many he has left, you know? It, it, it's not even like he's years removed from just years removed from the the missed two seasons at the beginning of his career. He's been fine since then, and that's been a blessing. But he still misses time here and there, and it's concerning that he's playing so dominantly. You don't have your team at full strength, and hopefully they can make a move, bring some quality players in, some grade A players to pair with the whole team, and really make a run at the whole thing. Um, yeah, so I agree. I wish for that. Um, maybe that involves the Ben Simmons trade. Let's do one more West, one more East real quick on the West coast. Let's talk about Memphis who has had a really good season, man. Yeah. They're fifth in the West right now Four, 19 and 13. Yeah. John Morant just came back. There's some issues with fans. I don't think it's that big of a deal. The supporting cast was playing fantastic without Jaw during the injury. Again, though, is there something to improve? What do you think they'd be wishing for for Christmas? They should be wishing for number one health and for number two to finish top five in the West. Right. If that is a possibility. But the one thing that I'm going to say with, with Memphis is that even though Jaws has been out, the biggest difference maker for me has been Dylan Brooks, especially once he came back. He's been a phenomenal two-way guy, you know, being able to yep. be an elite defender and then also being able to carry the low scoring-wise. So, you know, with, with him with him being back, you can definitely see the you can definitely see the difference with that team, you know, and, and how they buy yeah. in on both ends of the floor. So, you know, like I said, I mean, health is the number one thing. You know, obviously having um, John Moran back is going to be a big thing even though they did lose in that last game, but, you know, they'll be fine. So I, I, think, I, think, I think that's one thing for Memphis that I do just hope is that they can continue to be healthy in that, and, if, and when they do stay healthy, they can at least be top five in the West. I uh, fully agree, actually. That was what I was going to say. If you didn't mention it, obviously the Suns – or, sorry, obviously the Grizzlies, you know, getting the eighth seed last year was a – you know, through the plan was a great thing for them. But going up against uh, a team as well-run as the Jazz was never going to work out for a team that was largely playing their first playoff um, series. This year, though, if you catch them on home court, you're probably going to be in trouble. And as of right now, fourth in the West, they're 19 and 13, six, day, six games over 500. The next team is 15 and 14, only one game. And after that, it's really tight. So they've got a gap on these guys. It's very, it's as it's, 
the trends are going now. They have like a significant hold on a top five slot. One more East team, real, real quick. Let's do Miami. They've been really good, but they've had some injury issues as well. What are they wishing for, real quick, Dre? The return of Butler, Van Abayo, and an impossible debut of Victor Oladipo. I mean, I'm just hoping that Oladipo yeah. possibly comes soon. I'm not. I'm not sure when the timetable is for him, but. Once everybody gets healthy and you add that addition of Oladipo, I, I understand that Oladipo is not the same Oladipo that he was in Indiana, and, and he's going to be – I don't think he'll ever be anywhere near that guy. But the way that, you know, that yeah. this guy can attack the basket and this guy can be a great on-ball defender, I feel, I feel like that would be a huge a huge piece for the Heat going forward. I agree. Bam needs to come back. It's going to help them a lot. Oladipo would be cool if he showed up. I think um, – for the, the streak to continue for Tyler Hero, I didn't really believe it at first, but it looks like he's going to be a legit sixth man and maybe most improved candidate this season. That's yeah. going to be it for us and no bucks given. We've got big stuff in the pipeline. I promise. Follow Nick Andre at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter. The Zoom is about to close. Dre, deuces. How are you? Bye-bye. Deuces. All right. That's it. This thing is about to close.